to Happy Hour, Happy Friday, everybody. He's Adam Harahuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. And my, did I just get my you-know-what kicked over the weekend in fantasy football. So we, we started the show Friday. Yeah. And the only reason I'm even starting with this is because I feel like I owe a little bit of, I don't know, apology necessarily, but a you know, concession of a good game to our to our boss on the terrestrial side of this operation, one Mr. <laughs> Eddie Fury, because we I threw down the gauntlet on the air last week. You'll yep. remember. Yep. Yep. That hey, if, if I beat you this week, I'm taking over your morning show. If if you win. Well, I guess you get to come in here and take over happy hour for a week. Not realizing, like, <laughs> I, having forgotten one thing about that. Sure. That being that, oh, wait, he's kind of tied up on Friday afternoons and evenings for the next, <laughs> like, three months because, you know, he does the play-by-play for the high school football up there on uh, on WBGV and all. So. so, yeah, he's thinking, oh, so I win, but then I got to do, like, extra work. Okay, great. Where, where can I sign up for that? Right. I, I mean, I guess I could have... We could have just, you know, done it the other way, and I could have thrown the thing and, you know, done done the morning show and swap shop. I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess I owe you a beverage of some sort. Good game, Fury. Good game. Yep. Much to get to today, though. And I guess, do we want to do... No, actually, I, I know what I want to lead off with, because this has kind of come as a uh, a relatively recent development in the uh, the Michigan State uh, debacle, oh, such boy. as it is. It's... That it's hasn't the Spartans already been through enough? You would think that, but there is something I thought kind of interesting, a rumor that is going around, and something that, I'll be honest with you, I'm entirely here for this. So, the rumor involves a coach who is interviewing for the head coach position at Michigan State, a rather high-profile head coach. Okay. You will probably be very familiar with this name once I bring it to you. But this was reported on Tuesday by a uh, by a cat by the name of Bernie Fratto. So he is at Fox Sports Radio now. He did time in Detroit for years. He was one of the producer guys for uh, Parker and the Man back in the day. Uh-huh. He's he's fairly well connected. He's out in Vegas these days doing a national show, and he came out on Tuesday night and said a mole of his has indicated that. Urban Meyer will interview for the Michigan State head football position. I knew it. I knew it. Quote, my best mole tells me Urban Meyer will interview with Michigan State for their head coach position. Stay tuned. Yes, it's real. It's possible. He has a lot of backers. So we'll see where this goes. If it happens, that's probably the smartest move that State could do at this point. And I already have I've heard so many people... Oh, but he's such a bad guy. He's a not a good character guy. He's this, he's that. You know what? Here's where I come down on this. Right. You're never going to win the PR battle at this point. Like, the entire media is just determined to throw you, your school, and Mel Tucker, and Larry Nasser all in this blender as this proof at... And, some of the, the things that happened with some of the players at the tail end of Mark D'Antonio's tenure here as proof that Michigan State just has a bad culture. It's not it, it's not a, a good culture for anybody and so on and so forth as if any of these things are, are connected in any way, shape, or form. Meanwhile, you know, Michigan State has a bad culture, but U of M had a doctor that was, uh, th- that was touching people with the... Uh, with knowledge of the football coach there for several decades, you had a kid last year who played after catching a gun, a felony gun charge, and also recruiting violations. And a, a coordinator's computer just got seized by the feds or whatever. Oh but no, Michigan State is you know Michigan is pure and virtuous, and Michigan State has a a deep seated culture problem. <laughs> you know what? You're not going to win the PR battle. It doesn't matter at this point. Nothing you do is ever ever going to placate anybody, everyone expects that what you're going to do is go out and hire some nice guy who's going to do it the right way and win seven games a season and no more. That's what they expect of you. That's what they want you to do. 
They want you to go back to being completely and utterly irrelevant so that all the focus will be on Michigan and Ohio State forever and ever. And quite frankly, if Michigan State wants to prove themselves any kind of serious about not being that, about not resigning themselves to just being Northwestern or Indiana or, God forbid, Rutgers forever, then you know what you need to do? You go out, you make the call, you interview Urban Meyer, you throw, you get Matt Ishbia to throw him all of the money that he has to bring him to East Lansing. Because you know what tends to wash away a lot of controversy and talk about bad culture? Winning. Yep. Winning titles. Contending for Big Ten titles. Contending for national titles. Yep. A lot of things are going to be... Shall we say swept under? Look past. Look uh, very much looked past when you start making yourself a real player. You think every single program that's continuously in the running for a natty is squeaky clean? I'm here to tell you, they're not. None of them are. And if you're serious about being a power in the Big Ten ever again, this is the move you need to make. This is the call that needs to be made. This is the hire that needs to be made. You have the floor, sir. Uh, yeah, I don't think they would have let Tucker go so easily had he been winning. We've talked about this. If he had been winning, all of a sudden, now it's like, oh, okay, yeah, he did that. And uh, he's been suspended for six games, kind of like what they did with Captain Khaki Pants. But that's not, yeah, the, that's not the case. Urban Meyer uh, is a proven college coach. Yeah, he's not pure as a driven snow, but... None of them are. No. None of the good coaches. Nick Saban's not pure as a driven snow. Jim Harbaugh certainly isn't pure as a no, driven snow. No, he is not. None of the good coaches. I mean, there's a pretty low standard at this point. I mean, Bob Stoops has all sorts of violations and recruiting issues and whatnot, and that man somehow managed to get a job. Brian Kelly basically killed a guy and... Was, was at least contributed to, to the death of a, of a player, and he got another chance. Yep. Hugh Freeze somehow got another chance to coach at Auburn, of all places, after everything he did at Ole Miss. So, and if Urban Meyer was doing anything that was deemed that just horrendous that he could never be in the college football ranks again... Do you think Fox would have him on Big Noon Sunday? I don't think so. No, they wouldn't have. The interview They'd process, run far away I, from him. I would love to be a fly on the wall in that interview because the interview is going to take about 3.5 seconds. Hey, thanks for this interview. Will you take the job? Will you take the job here? Sign here. That's the only question. How much is it going to take you get you to take the job? Because you know the, the thing you need right now, and it's the thing that's going to galvanize this whole school, you need a guy who has a proven track record of winning, and more importantly, quite frankly, than any ties to the school, I don't need my head coach. And I said this when, you know, um, when all these other names were being thrown around, like uh, Courtney Hawkins and, well, Harlan Barnett, the guy who currently has the job. I don't need my guy to have ties to the school. I don't need him to have been a dyed-in-the-wool, green-and-white Spartan. Right. No, that's that's such a archaic kind of way of going about it. This is not a situation of does Michigan State want Urban Meyer? It's if Urban Meyer wants to wants to coach Michigan State. Exactly, and I think he's interested enough because you know what you know what he does have. It's not he doesn't have the the green and white bona fides, but you know he does have a deep, an unabiding hatred. Of the University of Michigan, sure. That's he, all. Oh, he would love that's to be enough. a burner he would, saddle again. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely, he would love nothing yeah. more than to come here, take over that program, have to go up against Michigan every year, and show everybody who's really little brother. Yeah, you but, know he loved nothing. He oh, relished that course. opportunity so much. Oh, absolutely. And Michigan State would love to see that too. But the problem is, is he's going to go in there. They're just not a good team. They're not, there's not good players on the Michigan squ- uh, there's State not squad. There's not currently. But, but so it would, we're still talking to yeah, we're still talking two or three more seasons before uh, little brother uh, t- uh, takes the rightful spot, I guess, so to speak. But here's the thing, though. He'll he'll go and re- he's not going to have any sort of of the hesitations that Mel Tucker had about hitting the transfer portal. Yeah. Using NIL to your advantage. Because for whatever reason, I don't understand why, because we're we're still trying to hold on to this this old school mindset, and quite frankly, it's why Dabo Swinney's quickly uh, 
running Clemson out of the conversation nationally. It's because these guys won't adapt to the system that is now in place. The teams that are going to succeed going forward in the NCAA are the teams that are going to embrace NIL, that are going to get players that are willing to uh, take these sponsorship deals, embrace the sponsorship thing, hit the transfer portal, poach guys from other schools. You use the tools that you have the access to, but for some reason... We act like we're too high and mighty to do that. And what has it gotten us? Absolutely nothing. Right. I it's gonna be interesting. Let's see let's see what happens. Um Michigan State's gotta do something though. I mean, this season is already a wash. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna honestly watch I I I'm I'm gonna make a confession right now, Adam. I don't know if I'm even gonna watch the Michigan Michigan State game this year. I don't a lot of Spartan know if I, fans aren't are probably going to avoid that one. I don't know if I have the stomach to watch that <laughs> because I know what what it's going to be and just how bad of a beatdown it's going to be. I'm probably going to suffer through it anyway because I am ultimately a masochist at heart. Sure. But <laughs> I also know that it's it, in in my heart of hearts is going to be ugly, and it's it's not worth quite frankly emotionally investing another millisecond of my time in this current season. Yep. It's not. I, I I hate to say that, but this thing is so utterly just broke me at the moment, I don't think I can do it. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't blame you. There's there's a lot of times that you know, uh, when Michigan was having its rough time and state was owning them. There was a lot of times I'd turn the game on for a little bit. I'm like, oh, "Okay, yeah. We're not doing this." I mean, we're Lions fans. We're used to that, aren't we? Oh, yeah. We've, we've gone much. through that plenty over the years. Like, okay, I'm not letting this team ruin my every Sunday. And and similarly, I'm not letting this team ruin my Saturdays for the rest of this year. Yep. There's, I've got too much cool stuff to do to even to let them occupy that much any more time in my mind than I have to obligatorily talk about them on this radio show. Yep. Yeah. I get it. But if the, I'm telling you right now, though. If they want to be serious, if they want to signal that hey, we're not we're not going to run with our tail tucked between our legs and just let Michigan and Ohio State duke it out for this conference forever and ever, especially now that the conference is expanding, they know exactly what they need to do. We've got a lot of stuff to get to today, a lot more fun than this, I promise. Stick around, it is happy hour back after this. It is happy hour. He's Adam Harahuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. So we we briefly kind of have to address, of course, Miguel Cabrera played his last game as a Detroit Tiger on Sunday. Yep. And while he certainly wasn't the same player that I remember for the last seven years, like I can almost remember a time when he was actually still a competent major league hitter. Yep. That being said, uh, I, I feel like there's a little bit of a uh, of discussion here that needs to be had when it comes to this town and its uh, its superstar players, okay, shall we say. And that, that something is, it, it got brought to my attention the other day on the, the platform formerly known as Twitter. Do we have, at this point, a legit superstar on this team? And in fact, the tweet I came across was something like this. Is this the first time... There hasn't been a legitimate superstar in Detroit sports since the 80s. Yet Miggy, Megatron, all the big names of the Red Wings, Ben Wallace, etc. They've always had one, right? I can't think of a gap until now. Uh, there's going to be somebody in very very recent that's going to take that uh, take that spot. If I had if I was a betting man, I'd probably say it'd be more at Cider for the Detroit Red Wings. He already has a Calder. Uh, trophy uh but yeah we don't have uh any big name like that and can you remember the last time that was because it's i think before i was born oh yeah i've never yeah i've never not known there to be a big name i mean stevie was a superstar for a good two plus decades here lidstrom for a bit after that the euro twins and you always had you know occasionally had the lions with someone that you would describe in that way yeah yeah but yeah you, you I do kind of believe that there really isn't that guy right now. Like, and then this guy kind of got maybe Jared Goff. I don't think Goff's a, a 
like I'm talking lead league wide superstar, and I feel like that's what this guy is getting oh, at. Gotcha, like, gotcha. Okay, like a guy who has who is like known around the league, who is a super, who is known as a superstar among the entirety of the league, and not just here locally. Like we don't have that anymore. I mean, no. you can make the argument with the Pistons that Cade will eventually be that guy. He's not there yet. He, he hasn't proven yeah, nearly yeah. enough here. He hasn't been healthy enough here no. to prove that he's that guy yet. Yeah, you're gonna have somebody eventually, but yeah, right right now as it stands, uh, the closest thing we have is Hutch? maybe yeah, oh Aiden Hutchinson. Yes, there we go. Like, someone actually threw out in, in this thread, multiple people actually threw out this name in this thread, and I disagree with it immensely, Panay Sewell. Like, who? Offensive lineman for the I, Lions. I and look, I get he's he's a great player. Yep. He's arguably one of the best at his position, at either of the positions that he's covered this season, in the league. Offensive lineman isn't really a position that lends itself to superstar, though. No one really notices you unless you're doing something really wrong. Like, you're not the guy who's going out and getting the big hits, the big catches, the big runs, the big whatever. Like, no, you're not making those those big plays that get you on Sports Center. Right. Like, Panay Stool's not going to have a block that's going to end up on your top 10 plays, man. And, that, and that's kind of what I. And admittedly, Miggy hasn't been that caliber of player. In the better part of a decade, but he's still, he still—he was a guy, big name. He was able to ride what his previous accomplishments, yeah, off to the sunset. He sure. was a big name who was recognized certainly as one of the greatest hitters of of his generation, and we had him here in Detroit. So I mean, I feel like you can't necessarily say that you know he he wasn't a superstar still at this point. Yeah, he wasn't playing like it, but you know, most of those guys don't by the time they're. They, they've reached their 40s. But, yeah, I don't think you necessarily have that guy right now. The Wings have a couple guys who could be that guy. Larkin's not one. I mean, he he's a good center, but he I don't know. He wouldn't necessarily be a first-line guy on uh, at a least, I would say, teams. a third of the yeah. teams in this league. And Raymond could be that guy. Sider could be that guy. I think those are your two most likely out of that team. Yep. The Tigers... If Scooble keeps pitching the way he is, he could eventually be that guy, but I don't think he's that guy yet. Torque and Green yeah. could both be that guy. If they if, if Torque keeps it keeps his hitting up like he 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 started to uh to get it back, if Riley Green keeps doing what he does, they could be the guy. And you can make an argument, maybe eventually even Parker Meadows could be that guy. Hard to say. But I don't see them being there yet. The Lions are probably the closest. Like Amon Ra's getting a bit of uh, recognition oh, yeah. around yes. the league now. Like he's he's basically your best guy, arguably from that. Because I mean, he's also a very he's a very keep your head down and do your job kind of guy, and that also doesn't traditionally lend itself to quote unquote superstar. But he do, he does make some nice catches. Like you could see Jameson Williams if he can get his head on straight. You could see him being that guy. Honestly, I could anyway. I feel like he could be if. But that's a big if. But right now, I think the closest you have is probably Hutchinson. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's really getting into quarterbacks' heads. Uh, he's he's making the uh, the the Sports Center kind of plays, and he's a good personality. Yeah, he's got personality. He's got the hair. He's got he's got the skill. He's got the ability. He's he he's making the the kind of QB sacks that show up in your top ten plays, man. Yep. Like, I think he is right now. If if you had to make an argument for the face of Detroit sports in this moment, you kind of feel like he's got to be the guy. No. Yeah, I I think I think so. I mean, league wide. Now, as far as just in Detroit, who was the name? It'd, pro- it'd probably be Jared Goff. I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't feel like Goff because Goff doesn't make the. Well, Goff doesn't make the flashy plays. He doesn't make a lot of the, those deep bombs. Like, the, and a lot of that is really. It sometimes like it, it. It's a lot more of Amon Ra and, and particularly yeah. lately Sam Laporta than than anything. Montgomery, though, I I I mean, you could make an a dark horse argument there because he. He, you watch that game against uh, against the Packers. He was a beast. He was a workhorse. You know, if he can stay healthy, if he could do that every week, man. But I feel like, again, running backs don't typically, unless you're like a Derrick Henry, like don't 
often end up being that guy because mostly because of the shelf life of them. Like a, like a, a Henry or, or a CMC. That that's those guys certainly. But if I had to pick out that guy in the squad, I feel like right now. And, and you guys. Feel free, hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash happyhoursr. I'm going to post that, post something up there. Let us know what you think. Who is the the face of Detroit sports? Do we have a guy that you would consider to be a superstar in, in, in their league in Detroit right now after the retirement of Miguel Cabrera? Because, I mean, there was. There was a long time. There was a good stretch. We've had a lot of great athletes in this town. Like, and probably, like, since... Stevie came to town. I think he was what what started the long trip. Cause, I mean, you had a few guys before that. Certainly, you had K-Line would have been like the face in, in town. Fidrich. Oh, oh yeah, you could certainly make a case for the bird too for his very, all all too brief. I mean, late seventies or eighties weren't good for a lot of Detroit sports. Let's be honest here. Yep. As, as we all know, it was the Dead Wings for a reason, and the Tigers pre uh, you know pre World Series were kind of in, in the doms, you know, post-Bird, pre-World, you know, 84 World Series. Right. So, there, there was an argument to be made. And we're, I'm kind of curious as to what you guys think on that. Am I completely off base on this? I'll, I am more than willing to be told I'm wrong here. On that note, though, we got to hit a break. In the next hour, we'll do unsolicited advice, the picks, all that good stuff. Stick around. It is happy hour. Your local alternative, Solid State Radio. It is happy hour. He's Adam Harahuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. And it's that time of the week. Time for my favorite bit on this whole show. Sean and Adam's unsolicited advice. Where real people with real problems send real questions to real advice columnists. Unfortunately for them, we get our hands on them. We intercept. And quite frankly, we give better advice than the actual people that get paid to do this for a living. So let's jump right on on this thing, shall we? Sure. Dear... Somebody who cares. For 10 years, my husband has tried to find himself. I've supported him through a full BA, a year-long internship, and several stops and starts with different jobs. Finally, he seemed to find his place and had a very successful contract job, but it took several months to find another. He hates this new job. Every morning and night, he talks about how hard it is, how he can't keep up, how the work is also boring, how his boss doesn't understand him, and all I can hear in my head is how I'm going to end up having to support our family alone again while he switches jobs again. When I told him it was hard to hear these things because it felt like he was telling me he was going to quit, he got angry and said that he wasn't going to quit, but that he should be allowed to vent to his wife. I just can't handle the complaining. My anxiety is through the roof. Is it unfair of me to want him to try to be more positive? Signed, Rachel Eckert. <laughs> um, I mean, he should he should be able to talk to his wife uh, about things that are bothering him, but... He also has to kind of uh, not use her as a, a emotional dumpster. You know, you gotta. She, he's got to remember her feelings too, and it, I mean, she's probably she's probably skimming right over the uh, the facts that there's probably times that he was on the couch in between jobs because he hasn't found something that he liked, and she's had to support him, and she doesn't she want doesn't want to do that. You know, so while he has the luxury, uh, or he thinks he has the luxury of going from job to job and doing this and doing that and interning and all that stuff, uh, she has to keep the house going. She has to keep putting food on the table. And so, you know, when he starts talking about uh, already wanting to quit this job, yeah, she has every right to be uh, nervous because uh, past situations have taught her to be nervous about it. Yeah, I feel like more it's that more about the the worried that he's gonna quit than him being positive. Because honestly, I feel like you should be able to vent to your significant other about how much you hate your job. I mean, if you if you can't to them, then then who can you complain to? Really? Well, he he was complaining and complaining, and she said, "You're not gonna quit, are you?" And then that's what that's what set him off. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to vent to you, and, and I don't want to hear any any feedback from you whatsoever. If well, you... that's not f- the, even feedback. That's just that's being kind of be, being kind of a jerk about it a little bit. Like, oh, so you're going to quit this job too? Like, I mean, maybe that, she that's said honestly it like how that. I kind of read yeah. it here. Maybe, maybe she lie. said it like that. Maybe she's like, or she kind of did the uh, I statements. I'm feeling that you are going to quit this one, and that's making me nervous. And at that point. If that is the case, then he's basically saying, 
Uh, I I am entitled to my feelings, and I should be able to voice my feelings, but I don't want to hear your trepidations. I don't want to hear your issues. I don't I, I, I don't really feel like that's... You know, I can't express, but I, I just feel like it's necessarily the, the, the thing you, you want to hear when, like, you know, this this job is going so terribly, whatever. Like, I can't stand this place. Well, well, well don't you don't you even th- don't don't you quit there because we need the money, you know, the, the, to be your first, your initial reaction. Right. Well, yeah, it should it shouldn't be. Uh, I mean, you know, well, I'm sorry you're not liking this job. Well, what, what can you do? What can we do to make it better or something like that? But it sounds like from from the letter. And again, we say this every week. We really wish we could talk to the writer and get some um, further detail. Oh, absolutely! It sounds like, uh, and I know of some people like this that they get into something, they really enjoy it, and then all of a sudden they get bored and they want to change. They they want to quit. And it's... I've never met anybody like that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so she's probably seen this story before, and she's kind of nipping it in the bud. She's like, yeah, "All right." If anything, if you if you want to quit, fine, but have something to go to first. Have something as, lined up at least. Yeah, as opposed to, oh, I, I think I'm going to quit, and then you know, sit on the couch for two or three weeks until he he finds something else that he can tolerate, quote unquote. Right, because I mean, remember, if you don't quit, or if you quit, you don't necessarily get your fun employment money. So I mean, yeah, I think in most cases when you quit, you don't get fun employment. So so I mean, really. You, you you gotta at least you know stress it like if you re, if you are gonna quit this thing like have something lined up because I can't I can't keep carrying the the household here like, right. and I get it as someone who it has has tried to find himself for also oddly enough the better part of ten years yeah I I get it like trying to to find a job that doesn't suck out every fiber of your soul is a hard thing yep. It, 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 it truly is. It took is. me a long time to get anywhere remotely near that point. It, it, there are some really trashy jobs, but I'm looking at it from my perspective, my early years when I would uh, be with certain people, and next thing you know, oh, I don't like my boss, so I'm going to quit. Well, that'll teach the boss a lesson. There you go. Wait a minute. Who are you, who are you teaching a lesson to? Me? The one who's got to support you now? <laughs> uh, I want you to be... Uh, I'm going to be a housewife, and I don't care how many jobs you need, but you're going to support me. Uh, no, not. <laughs> yeah, no. That's, that's the, not happening. Yeah, there there is no, well, you know, one income household, you know, for, for, for most of us. Like, if you're not... If you're not Doing th- taking care of things on the home front. If you don't have kids that you know need right. to be, like you don't just that that's that's not a luxury that most of us quite frankly have. And there's a lot of people out there that still think that's the way it should be. Uh, they're gonna work. They're gonna support me, and I'm going to work as long as I enjoy it. As long as I'm having fun every single day, then I'll work. If I don't work, well, then I'm going to quit. And then that's just not an adult way of looking at things. Well, I've worked jobs that I've hated for far beyond my <laughs> my, my level of burnout and wanting to throttle people. Yep. And <laughs> jobs I probably should have honestly quit far sooner than I actually did. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, yeah there, there's that. But I mean, I don't know. What should she do? Um, I, I definitely think she should dial her attitude down a little bit, I, assuming that she was given attitude. Oh, you're going to quit this too? She definitely needs to uh, not be on the offensive. She needs to listen. It's like, okay, I'm hearing you. You're having a rough time. Let's see if we can fix it. Or let's see if we can find you something else to uh, move right into as opposed to, you know, giving you your normal two or three weeks playing Xbox while I support the family, you know. So I I would think, I think she's going about it the right way. Maybe dial it down a notch, though. I think that's fair. I think that's entirely fair, and I'm... I think we've about come to our solution on that one. Let's dive into another one of these. Dear literally anyone other than Sean and Adam. Uh-oh. I am a 30-year-old woman. I've been with my fiancé for almost seven years. When we first met, my hair was platinum blonde. Now that I'm a hairstylist, I enjoy playing around with my hair color and have come to love dark blue. I've been blue for a few years now, and it didn't seem like a big deal. Yesterday, my fiancé broke the news to me that his parents are refusing to pay for the wedding venue if my hair is anything except my natural color. (laughs) I was completely taken aback. There's a laundry list. They don't approve of my tattoos. 
my recent weight gain due to some serious health issues, which I discussed privately with his mother, and that I'm not making as much money as I should be. Hairstylists are struggling right now because we're in a recession. His family has been loving towards me this entire relationship, and all of a sudden I found out how they really feel. I feel completely crushed. They were too cowardly to talk to me about their objections and instead put their son into a tough position. I'm angry. My mom has been His mom has been extremely apologetic to me through text, but I honestly don't want anything to do with them. My fiancé feels the same way. It's to the point that we're about to elope without telling anyone. Is it wrong of me to stand my ground and say no to his parents? I appreciate them helping out with the wedding, but I don't want the help if they have stipulations. I, yeah, right there. If you don't want their help, I mean... Uh, uh, they shouldn't be putting stipulations on there. Here, you need to change everything about you or we're not going to give you money for a party. That's stupid. That's that's arrogant. How many times have I said it on this show since we started doing this bit? The, the second you let other people start paying the freight for things, that's when they start feeling like they get to control certain aspects of it. Yep. He who has the money makes the rules, and that's why you don't... Like, you make... Sure, as much as possible that you're not given over control via the money to someone who's going to try and then dictate every facet of your day. Yep. And if that is the case, then, well, I guess we don't really need you to pay for stuff that much now, do we? Right. Yeah, exactly. Not only do we not need you to pay, we don't need you to come. And she shouldn't feel like the need, like she could, has to do away with a wedding and elope. No, she could still do it. We've proven that you can do weddings on, on a cost effective scale. You and I have very much proven yes, that. Yes, it is possible. So, you know, have your party, have your wedding, do things the way you want to within, within your finances, but don't let them uh, tell you what color your hair needs to be. Uh, what. What do you want tattoo removal before the wedding? I mean, it's it it's all unrealistic. It's you know what do you what do you like about me? Can we can we start with that short list? I mean that is there anything uh, on that list at this point? Probably not. Oh, she's fat. She's got tattoos. She's got blue hair and you know, just it sounds like they're not good people. Because <laughs> they're not good people. Yeah, they're. It, apparently incredibly judgy except they're the kind of judgy that's also fake to your face yeah which i hate even more as someone that doesn't have a poker face at all when it comes to not liking people or liking not liking things about people as you well know yep yep like i would almost respect it more if you were just right from the jump i don't if they had just been from the from the beginning been like we don't i don't like this we don't like that like at, at least then i know you're not that, that you're a garbage human from the outset, so we wouldn't have had to have started getting ready for this wedding under that assumption to have you drop that hammer on us. Right. I, I just think, I, I feel bad for the, the fiancé for having to go through all this, uh, a war between his parents and his fiancé. But, I mean, that's where he finds himself. And he should be... Hey, I, if I was in his position, I probably wouldn't even brought it up to her. They talked to him about it, expecting him to uh, fix everything. I would have been like, hey, this is my soon-to-be wife. That's This is the way, this is the way she is. I mean, it was, to an extent, it was going to come out anyway because, I mean, then she's going to ask, okay, so the folks aren't paying for the wedding now. Why? I thought everything was was fine. Yeah, but... Like, like there was always going to be that that was going no, to come out. I like, don't know. The the parents seem like they're cowardly, and if the, the husband put his foot down, they'd be like, oh, okay, well, we don't like we don't like Smurfette and her blue hair, but we'll deal with it. Because it sounds like they're a bunch of chicken you-know-whats anyway. Yeah, kind of a little bit. I mean, and you're, you're probably right on that to that extent. But I also feel like they, they probably wouldn't have backed down from the uh, from the fiance necessarily either. And if they don't, like, it sounds like they're they're very much, in credit to him here, that they are very much united front. Like yeah. they're, he's also like, well, we don't we don't need to have them involved. We don't need to have them pay for anything. They can take a long walk off a short pier. Yep. Like he's at least in that position. And now that, now that now that everyone's figured out where they stand, you go have your party, have your party on the cheap, have it at your local dive bar, get, get yep. everybody drunk, and just have a have a good time. That's right. I, I think it works out well for everybody. 
So there, there's our, our attempt at fixing, uh, fixing everybody else's life problems for the week. Hope that helps. <laughs> it is happy hour. He's Adam Harehuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. And apparently he's got a list, and he has assured me that it is indeed trash. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. And you say that every time we've ever yeah. done this bit. We haven't, you know, I don't think, I can't remember the last time we've done a list it's been a while that you subjected done. me to on this show. Yeah, it's 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 been a minute. Um, so that what that means is I've been able to uh, save up some of the 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 trashiness of these lists, and this one is going to be no different. This this list might actually drive you to the brink of insanity. You say that every weekend, never has. And, Lay and, it on. And I'm fine with this. Top twenty entries on the board. Top twenty Looney Tune characters. Really? That that's where we're going today, eh? Yes. Are you feeling particularly loony or something? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. <laughs> Let, all right, fine. We'll nail this down real quick. Top twenty: Bugs Bunny. Number one: Daffy Duck. Number two: Porky Pig. Number three: Wow. <laughs> Foghorn Leghorn. Uh, number nine: Sylvester. Number four: Tweety. Number five: Yosemite Sam. Uh, it, number eleven: Elmer Fudd. Uh, number twelve: Wild E. Coyote. Uh, number seven, The Roadrunner. Number eight, <laughs> uh, Speedy Gonzalez. Number ten, Um, ooh, uh, Peppy Le Pew. Number thirteen, Hmm, uh, who's the the, the Chicken Hawk? Uh, Henry number, or whatever. Number twenty. Am I? Who, well, how many am I missing at this point? I, I haven't got a chance to. It's different because <laughs> since I blew up that computer, I don't. I'm doing everything off my phone here. You, uh, let me see. We've gotten too far ahead of him. Yeah. So how many have I got? Uh, you've got one through thirteen, yeah. and number twenty. You're missing fourteen through nineteen. I'm actually surprised I'm missing that many. Yep. All right. How about? And some of these I don't think I ever had. A, you didn't even know what their name was on the cartoon, but oh, I got this off a list of a hundred uh, Looney Tunes. Yeah, I, so I'm sparing you a lot. Uh, it, it's greatly appreciated because like you, you've about run through all the ones that I know. So how about um, ones that don't have? How about the ta- how about Taz? Tasmanian Devil. Number six. Okay, yeah, I forgot. I thought you got number six already. Yeah, Tasmanian Devil. I thought Devil. I did, too. Apparently, I did not. Number. Okay, yeah. Now, you officially have one through 13. How about... What's the... Uh, what's the, the giant red thing with the hair? Oh! Gossamer. That's his name? Gossamer, really? yeah. He, he was just about... Just outside. He. Oh, he was outside? Yep. Oh. So, I'm... I'm, I'm assuming- I, well, the thing is, I was thought about going top 25, but I saw that. I'm like... He's not going to... I didn't even know he had a name. But now I remember, yeah, he had a name. That's, I, I forgot he had a name, too. Yep. Uh, how about Granny from the Sylvester and Tweet? Number 15. Um, who is it? The uh, the Abominable Snowman who was going to love him and pay him and call him George. George. <laughs> okay, George. No, not on there. Not but on the list? It should be. <laughs> how about Marvin the Martian? Marvin the Martian. <laughs> very very angry. the Kaboom. There's supposed to be an earth-shattering Kaboom. <laughs> Number 14, yes. Of course, I would, if that's not on the list, I'd be disappointed. This one's kind of kind of a toss-up as to whether I think he makes it here. Um Michigan J. Frog. Yes, number 17. Really? Hello, my baby. Hello, my sweetheart. I'm, I'm a ragtime girl. I'm actually kind of surprised. Yep. What so am I still missing? You're missing 18 and 19. That's it? Now, eight. Uh, they're both female. Um, uh, who's, who's the cat from the Pepe Le Pew? Penelope? Nope. Uh, she's on the list, but she's way down there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Pepe probably should have been on a list of some yeah, sort. Yeah, he, he the cancel culture is, is uh should be taking out Pepe Le Pew anytime. They, they've got to be coming for him by now. Yeah. Um, Lola Bunny. Lola Bunny, number nineteen from Space Jam. Yes. Okay. What other female character is left? Uh, she was featured. Petunia Pig. Nope. Uh, she was featured <clears throat> on a, a Halloween special. On a Halloween special. And I don't think she ever had a name, but if you give her give a description, I'm, I'm going to oh, give it to you. Oh, Witch Hazel? Yeah, Witch Hazel. Wow. You, she, I didn't even know she had a name. You're looking at the screen, you cheater. I am not. <laughs> I knew that she had a name. Okay. Wow. Nicely done. Nicely done. That was a nice little speed round. Yeah, you weren't really expecting me to just run through that that quickly now, were you? Yeah. <laughs> there well, you there's go. the show. Good night, everybody. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, it wasn't really that intensive kind of list, but like that it, was it, that was a lightning round worthy one if ever there was. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of you know entertainment and movies and TVs and whatnot, yeah. it's like. So apparently we're finally getting back some semblance of original content now. The, the whole Writers Guild strike's finally over with. Yep. Which means, I guess, we have late night talk shows in SNL, I guess. SNL just announced their uh, next two hosts. Uh, Pete Davison on the 14th. He's already coming back to host. He just left the show last season. Well, they can't really get a whole lot of other people because there's nobody plugging any movies right now. Yeah, that's fair. And then Bad Bunny is going to be the... Uh, Host and the musical guest. Okay, that should be something. I I'm vaguely aware of what a bad bunny is. Yeah, don't we play something from Bad Bunny? No, you're no? you're 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 thinking something different altogether. Gotcha. But well, I guess well, at least you'll have something to watch on Saturday nights after you get done doing radio things. Because yeah, there's not. I I haven't gone back to the the, the talk shows yet. But to, admittedly, I didn't watch a whole lot of them before. Like, so basically, all we get is like. The, the uh, the late night shows with probably even less subpar celebrity interviews than they already had because no yeah. one's no one's promoting anything because the actors are still on strike. Yeah, so yeah, they're not gonna. Uh, th- there might be more sketches, which like, I'd be fine know, with. I'd yeah. be totally good with. I mean, that. that that was. I mean, the the Conan O'Brien uh, interviews were okay. But the sketches were, you know, they, where they that's where be, that was where the money was made. Right. I mean, the interviews could be good. I mean, well, especially when, especially when you have Norm Macdonald as one of your guests. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. He just sticks around and just starts dropping in on everything else afterwards. And yeah. Just, like the greatest guest in the history of talk shows. Oh sure. But no, it was, it was always the sketches where their bread and butter, and that were the stuff they did better than pretty much anybody else. Say what even do like really? Ske- I mean, I know Fallon does his things that are like designed to go like viral on the internet and whatnot and humiliate their guests, his guests. Yeah. But like, does anyone really do good like comedy sketches on late night TV anymore? Oh, I honestly don't Kimmel. know. Jimmy Kimmel does. Does he? Okay. Yeah, because I think every once in a while he still does the mean tweets where the celebrities read mean, uh, mean tweets about themselves. Or he, does he have to call it like mean X? <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I say how's that? Go? Yeah, wh- what is a tweet now on X anyway? For, like, yeah, first of all, uh, changing Twitter to X. So now everybody's on X. Isn't X also considered a, a designer drug? Something like that, yeah. So Elon knew what he was doing. This is a man that that manages to work the numbers sixty nine and four twenty into literally everything he does ever. I think they were actually in the purchase price of Twitter or X or whatever. Sixty nine four twenty. Yeah. So like he's every a, he's every twelve year old in like a fifty four year old man's body. Yeah. Every Xbox gamer tag. <laughs> Exactly. This man, I am pretty sure you've played against him on Grand Theft Auto on Xbox. Uh, I am convinced of it. More than likely. (laughs) I think he sicked a mugger after me. (laughs) He he might have, actually. That sounds like it would be fairly on brand for him. Like, well... do you definitely want to watch how you talk to those kids now? Because one of them could be the next owner of a social media giant. <laughs> as long as they were born into money. Exactly. <laughs> it could be. They're uh, working on some AI on some of these uh, online gaming to find people who are using hate speech and racial slurs. Good like luck, because there's a lot of that. Yeah, there's just about every one of them. <laughs> just about having I mean, somebody who hasn't gone through puberty yet uh, stop stuffy nose little eight year old calling me a you know what sucker <laughs> right yeah that's yeah the, these kids like it, it it's been it's been prevalent since I was that age man like mm-hmm. it's, that's always been a thing and I don't imagine that's gonna go away unless you're playing like I mean we really have the threat of you know if you're one of the higher profile kids out there who stream now and getting canceled like other than that like well I mean banning your account do they do they actually do that Uh, oh yeah yeah they've been doing that on uh, Grand Theft Auto Uh, Noah my stepson has been playing Gorilla Tag on uh, Oculus the The headset thing uh, yeah yeah Yeah. he's been banned for a couple of days wow Clearly, he's been taking some pointers from uh, the people who are playing the old man on GTA. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I catch him down in the basement. Close yeah. attention. Yeah, he, he he has quite a vocabulary. <laughs> he's in a house with you, Adam. Yeah. I would kind of expect him to have a uh, a rather 
large and often profane vocabulary. I'm worried that Joey's first word is going to be the F word. Right, let's let's hope not. On that note, let's hit a break. We'll come back, and when we come back, it's time to uh, get our picks on. Stick around. It is happy hour. that time of the week. It's Friday. It's just about the end of the show, and it is time for the picks. Adam, I, I don't know what it is this week. This season, Adam has just jumped out to way too many victories already. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not I'm not okay with this. I'm not happy with it. We need to do something needs to be done about this. This man training. needs to be stopped. Well truth be told, I, I have the entire team uh, hired to kind of go through all the uh, the stats and all the numbers, and then they just uh, feed me through an earpiece. When did you get that kind of budget? I started selling advertising. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started selling my kids. <laughs> you can get quite a lot for a baby on the black market. <laughs> oh, who knew? So now we've got the whole crew here. Let's dive right into this thing, shall we? We start with, again... Back-to-back weeks, we have a a London game, another 9.30 game this week. The Jags headed to London to take on the Bills. They've now, well, they played there last week, and it ended up uh, going in the Jags' favor against a fraudulent Atlanta Falcons team. This week, they're taking on the Bills, who are favored by 5.5. We start with Adam Harehuck on the pick. Uh, like I said last week, the Jaguars, they kind of treat that London as a home game. I mean, they've done, I think they've played more London games than any NFL team. I don't have any numbers to back that they up. They just live there now. They, they just live there now. They just uh, moved the team there, <laughs> just completely. Uh, even though the Bills are listed as a home team, it's, it's, a, it's a Jaguar country over there now. Give me the Jags. Drew, uh, yeah, Drew. I think Buffalo is going to have a stampede all over them Jaguars. Ooh. Jimothy. Yeah, um, even though it is essentially a home turf for Jacksonville, Buffalo is going to run all over them. Wait a minute. If it's in England, yeah. are, are we supposed to say Jaguar? Jaguar, yes. Absolutely. Jaguar. Yeah, absolutely. Give me the uh, give me the bills in this one. Up next, we've got the... Uh, the Tennessee Titans headed to Indy. I may actually be in Indy by the time this game is, you know, at least halfway done. Taking on the Colts. Tennessee is favored by one point. Yeah, not not looking so good this season there, are you, Tannehill? Uh, let's go ahead and dive right into this thing. Drew on the pick. Tennessee for me. Jimothy. You know, I underestimated Tennessee last week. So this week, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Give me Tennessee. Adam. Yep. Let's make it a threefer. Give me Tennessee. Are we really going to do this? Is this going to happen this week? Because I don't... I, I I feel like Indy's just... They're not that good of a team. I mean, Richardson's... He's going to get there if he can actually manage to stay upright, ultimately. But I guess, once again, cue, cue the Mark Jacobson drop. Can you say... There it is. Give me the Titans. Unbelievable. Up next. Well, going to be in Indianapolis. After pretty good. He might hit it. A colt looks kind of like a deer. <laughs> Not really, but okay, Drew. We'll go with that. Up next, the Ravens headed to Pittsburgh and whatever the hell they're calling Heinz Field this week to take on the Steelers. So, of course, naturally, we'll give James Tiberius Alt, the resident Steeler fan in this operation, first crack at this one. I hate this game. <laughs> I mean, Pittsburgh is going to be probably on their fifth, sixth quarterback. Who knows? Yeah, Pickett's not going. He's, I believe he's got a bone bruise. Yeah, so. The Jim Alt curse strikes again. Like, yeah. this man in fantasy football, let me tell you, every time he drafts a QB, you're guaranteed to lose him okay. within worse, that worse week. the Madden curse. <laughs> their next QB is sending Jim a fruit basket. Don't pick me in your fantasy team. Uh,. As much as I hate to do it, give me Baltimore. Adam. Yeah, this week it's not Heinz Field. It's going to be the Edgar Allan Poe Field. Uh, Give me the Ravens. Drew Duffney. I'm going for Pittsburgh for the upset. I got to get an edge on these fellas. 
Fine, I'm, you know what? I'm going for Pittsburgh for the upset too, just for the hell of it. Up next, Good so this is one, it's an 11 point spread, so I'm gonna need the, uh, are they gonna cover or not on it? The G-Men, headed to Miami. <laughs> take on a Dolphins team that's already put up 70 points on a garbage squad this season. They, now they get to face another garbage squad. One that had 40 points tacked onto it by Dallas to start the season. The over-under here is, uh, no, not the over-under. The, uh, the line on this one is Miami by 11. We'll start with Adam Harahuck on the pick. Yeah, go ahead and give me the fins, and I'll, I'll take those sweet, succulent points. Drew. Eleven, it's an awful lot. That's like more than a that's, touchdown on a field goal. So yes, I, I'm gonna say no. They're not gonna cover. They're gonna they're gonna win, but they're not gonna cover. Jimothy. Of most weeks, I would say they're not going to cover, but against the Giants, I'm gonna say yes. Give me the Dolphins, and they will cover. Not only like. Giants already don't stand a great chance of that thing, but going into that game, Danny Dimes has just been, he hasn't been good. And I think you're, you're still going to be without, uh, Saquon's questionable for Sunday. If he doesn't go, you you have literally no chance whatsoever. Honestly, Miami should Miami should win by at least 21. Give me, give me the fins by three touchdowns. Oh, wow. Up next... Oh. The Bengals headed to Arizona. The battle of the one and threes. One who we all know why they're one and three. The other, eh, it's kind of really questionable. So, Bengals are favored by three points. But it's a little closer than I think a lot of people are expecting. So far, Josh Dobbs, the former Steeler, has double as many touchdowns as Joe Burrow does and infinitely less interceptions. So, we'll start with Drew on the pick. Yeah, I'm taking the Bengals for sure. Walk like an Egyptian. Race <laughs> through the desert. Jimothy. I'm going to go. This is going to be my upset for this week. I'm going to take Arizona. Adam. Uh, I'm thinking. Give me Cincy. Burrow has to write the ship here, right? Doesn't yeah. he? There's no way he can just continue playing this poorly. Whatever nagging injuries he may or may not have, there's no way he can continue to be as bad as he's been this season. And an Arizona team that comes in with no expectations whatsoever seems like the perfect slump buster here. Give me the bungles. Up next, the Jets <laughs> to Denver. <laughs> this is going to be a... Wow. Denver's favored by a point and a half somehow. I don't know how that is considering that we've already watched that this team not be functional in any way, shape, or form over the course of this year. The Jets, honestly, the Jets hung in there against Kansas City somehow. I don't know how that was, but they did. We, we go on the board with uh, Mr. James Tiberius Alt. You know, it's in, so Denver's favored, but ESPN is actually picking the Jets on this one. Um, and the Jets have hung in there on a couple different games, so I, I think they, despite the woes they've got going on, give me the Jets. Adam. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's a garbage matchup to begin with. I mean, this is going to be a snoozer of a game, but no, no, no. I mean, Broncos, I don't know, they, they just seem like they have no identity whatsoever. So give me the Jets. It's the defense that's going to keep them in this one. And Zach Wilson probably just does exactly enough to, to get them the win and and not a single thing more. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. We move on to Sunday night. for the Broncos. Oh, yeah, Drew's taking the Broncos. Moving on, Dallas, San Francisco, Sunday night football, San Fran feared by four. Adam. Give me those Niners. Drew. I make one joke about a cold, you forget about me. <laughs> yeah, I'll take San Francisco. Jimothy. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to take the Niners. Give me the Niners to cover. Boring! Monday night, Green Bay at Las Vegas taking on the Raiders. Green Bay is favored by a point in this one. We start with Drew on the pick. Yeah, and I will take all the points. I think they're going to cover. The, that whole point, <laughs> yeah. Jim. Oh, I thought you said eight points. Eight points. One, one point. Oh. Uno. 
Oh, yeah. I'm going to go, just because I don't want Green Bay to win, I'm going to go with the Raiders. Adam. Oh, you always get me when I'm yawning. What is your problem? Because um, I'm waiting for it I, I, every single time. I think I'm going to go with the the upset on this one. Not much of an upset, but an upset nonetheless. Give me the Raiders. Fair. Vegas is... Vegas is trash. Josh McDaniel should be fired out of a cannon into the sun, and Jimmy G cannot fix what ails that team. Give me Green Bay. You know what? Give me Green Bay by seven. And now the game we all really care about, your Detroit Football Lions. They're in, uh, they're, I believe they're, they're at home, taking on the Carolina Panthers. Now with 100% more Jamison Williams on the Detroit side, and uh, I don't know who's starting QB. I, I believe... Uh, Bryce Young's supposed to go, but uh, well, it, it's been kind of a rough go for him thus far this season. They haven't won a game yet, and I don't expect anyone here thinks this, this is going to be their first one. Detroit's favored by nine and a half. Adam Harahot. Aiden Hutchinson with three sacks on the night or the day. Uh, Give the Lions. Lions 35. Panthers 12. Drew. Lions 28 to 14. Jim. Lions will improve to 4 and 1. Let's go with 32 to 21. Both of you guys to assume that Carolina is going to put up that much offense. Lions 31, Panthers 10. And now. 10 is so much different than 12. Look at him go with it. <laughs> well, you're the Carolina. only one who picked. Well, because I mean, Drew's got him getting 14. Like, they'll get like a touchdown. And a uh, field goal, and that's it. Anyway, let's move on to college, shall we? We've got a couple games this week of some interest, I suppose. We've got uh, three, three matchups, well, four matchups between top 25 teams. We have one that's honestly, quite frankly, so much of a blowout, I don't even want to bother with it. Georgia's going to steamroll Kentucky. We all kind of know it already. So we'll start with Oklahoma and Texas. Texas favored by six and a half in this one. Uh, Texas comes into this thing at, both teams coming at 5-0. and It's the Red River rivalry. Texas is third in the nation. Oklahoma ranked 12th. We start with Drew Duffy on the pick. Taking Oklahoma, I think it's going to be the college upset of the weekend. Ooh. Jimothy. I'm going to go with Oklahoma at two, actually. Adam. I don't know. I've had a good winning streak. I really don't want to screw it up, so hook them, Longhorns. Hard to really blame you there. I mean, it, it's going to be a close game at any rate. Like, I don't see a six-and-a-half point spread really even being a thing. I think it's Texas, but I don't think they're going to cover. Up next, LSU. They are headed to uh, Missouri. Missouri is ranked uh, 21st in the nation. LSU now ranked 23rd. LSU comes in 3-2. Missouri hasn't lost yet, but LSU is still favored by 5.5. We start with Jim on the pick. I told you last week LSU was overrated, and they proved it last week. Give me Missouri. <laughs> Adam. I think both of these teams are uh, complete frauds. I mean, yeah, Missouri's sitting on a five and zero, but they're only ranked twenty-one. Uh, go ahead and give me, give me Missouri, 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 Missouri. Drew. Uh, Missouri. I'll take LSU, but I'm not taking them to cover. Up next, Notre Dame headed to Louisville after staving off uh, a challenge from that powerhouse football school, Duke. They, they're 5-1 now on the season. They're headed to Louisville to take on the uh, as-yet-undefeated cards. Notre Dame favored by 6.5. We start with Adam on the pick. Uh, give me the fighting Irish. Drew. Do we even need to ask Drew? Yeah, yeah Notre Dame for me. Jimothy. Notre Dame. I'm going to Notre Dame. <laughs> give, me, give me Louisville for the upset. And then finally, the game we really sort of care about Michigan, we're, we're approaching the end of the preseason for U of M. They're playing Minnesota for the Little Brown Jug this week. <laughs> Michigan's favored by 19. We start with the resident Sparty, Drew Duffy, on the pick. It is definitely going to be the Sparty. 
Wait, what? Michigan? Yes, U of M. The Spartans are on a bye week, and I'm taking the bye week by seven points. <laughs> Only seven? My, you have some real faith in Sparty, don't you? Drew? Uh, yeah, Michigan. Michigan favored, by the way, by... Uh, looks 19 like and a half. 19 and a half. Wow. Adam? Yeah, yeah give me Michigan. Drew? Uh, Jim? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to take them. Give me Michigan. Give me Michigan and the points. There's your picks. With all that in the books, we got a little bit of, uh, we got some housekeeping to take care of real quick. So in our weekly attempt to cleanse our souls, Happy Hour would like to apologize to Ugly People, Enrique, Clippy, Lisa Marie Presley, Priscilla Presley, Tom Hanks, Don Duffney, Hooters, soccer fans, and Wyatt Newpower. We're sorry. <laughs> well, Don Duffney, what have I done to deserve such disrespect? <laughs> Uh, poor, poor Don Duffney, really. We gotta go, but stick around. A full hour of local original music comes your way next on a little radio show that we like to call Solid State Sessions. What's the plan for tonight again? I've already forgotten. I'm we drunk. are going to be replaying an interview I had with the band Cougaran, who is going to be headlining uh, tomorrow's Sessions concert series going on at the Hitcher Post. Good times. Looking forward to that. All being well. Hopefully some of you will be out at the Hitchin' Post tomorrow for that. The rest of you will talk at you Monday at 3. See ya!